0: What is going on? Happy Monday. Happy fight week. UFC 298. And this one is as close to a home card as we will get for us. We've got Alexander the Great Volkanovsky taking on Elio Tuporia in the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. I can feel the buzz in the air. I don't know about you, but it just feels different when you know the UFC is basically in town. I wish I could just take the whole week off of work and get down there and just take it all in. How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, it's special. I mean, we've been to, obviously, Vegas, but we've been to um, San Diego fight night in Cali, and it's just when it's, like, in your state, it just feels different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just feels great. great. Wanted to get back to Sacramento. Wanted to wanted to get to L.A. It's in Anaheim, finally. um, Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, it, every great. Any card excites me, but especially when it's in Cali, I'm more excited, so I'm ready. It, it's a little different. And the Honda Center, you don't think of it as a – as like a
0: martial arts home where there's been a lot of big fights. But I was looking back before this, and it's been a heavyweight home for big title fights. I'm just going to read off a couple notable ones that's happened there over the years. We had Brock Lesnar versus Cain Velasquez at UFC 121. So they've been going there for a while. We had DC versus John Jones 2, UFC 241. Mm. We had DC versus Stipe 2. And then most recently, we had Cyril Gone versus Francis Ngannou. And uh, John Jones in D.C. was actually 214, I want to say. I messed up on the number. But, yeah, so it's always been a place where the heavyweight title fights has happened. But now we're moving down to featherweight. Not really any heavyweight title fights that could happen right now. But I am pumped regardless. This might be one of the most high-level fights that we've seen since Volk Islam. I remember we were saying the same thing back then. But we've just got two highly skilled guys. Last time we came on here, we both kind of... Got a little worried because we saw that the odds had gone all the way down to Volkanovski minus 115. I checked before we hopped on here today. It's evened out a little bit. Volk's back up to minus 130. Are you feeling any different about it?
1: Ah, I just have the same feeling, bro. Um, I don't know. It's kind of one of those ones where, as a betting mind, if I see Volk, minus 130 versus anyone at featherweight i want to take it um but like we talk about all the time you don't want to be too late and miss somebody um kind of just like how islam used to be minus 155 at lightweight um Izzy used to be minus 150 155 and middleweight um so i don't want to miss it and be like and look back to years and be like damn everyone you could have got to Poria underdog money and now he's mm-hmm. fucking minus 250 Um, so it's hard. It's hard. You always want to be early than late, but I mean look at it. I mean look before, like all the last two fights, Sugar's been underdog. Not gonna happen anytime soon. So I just I don't know. I from a betting standpoint it's hard because I want to bet Volk. If you see Volk minus one thirty at featherweight, you wanna fire it. But also like we've seen how this happens in the UFC. I mean history shows like it's just it doesn't you don't decline slowly, you decline right away and you hit a cliff. So I don't, I don't know I, I I feel the same as I did last week, but I I, I can't tell you who I'm gonna bet on what I'm better on I gotta I still gotta get in the film room and watch, um before okay. we get back on here later in the week but yeah I'm not I'm just conflicted kind of my heart and my brain um yeah that's where I stand
0: yeah bro I am. I'm flip-flopping a lot. Currently, I'm in Camp Volkanovsky. I mean, I want Volk to win no matter what, but in terms of who I'm going to bet on, who I think is going to win, right now I'm leaning towards Volk, but I can't lie, it's changed every hour, every day, maybe even every minute. So the UFC countdown came out, I believe, yesterday or early today. Anyways, here's a video that was kind of the most notable part of it. This is Alex Volkanovski right after his fight with Islam Makhachev, his second one where he got knocked out. I think we touched on this kind of kind of briefly, like what he said last week. But here's the video, anyway. When I
1: was wasn't trying drink every day. I'm sorry. To the I the fight and it was the only way to set me in the gear as well. Literally drank every day, every one. I just had to stack myself out of it. I thought this is, this was a fight, this was it. This is why I thought that was the reason why I came. So I'm like, F- you know it's meant to be. My purpose in life is obviously right now, it's obviously my family, my family, and when I'm up, the kid, just losing the cops time and to take the car, I Just Now I just feel stupid. How done, man. Oh, no. oh, dude. Shit's sad, bro. Yeah, I don't know, but usually that happens after you lose. Like this was the fight he wanted. So why was the drink? That's what I want to ask. Why was the drinking? Because up until this point, he was like locked in and he wanted this fight. So why the drinking? That's what I don't understand.
0: Yeah. still on top I, of the world. It's crazy, bro. It really just shows how everything can look so perfect on the outside, but you really don't know what's going on inside somebody's head. I think he mentioned that he had had a kid and that he had had that hand surgery after the air fight, so he just couldn't really train, couldn't be in camp, and that had been what's making him tick um, ever since he's been a professional fighter. I did hear in an interview with Megan Olivi that dropped today, He addressed it all. He seems like he's come to terms with the fact that he knows he has to be in camp for him to be right mentally. And he said that he knows when he retires, he's going to have to find something else to fill that void. I think the words he said was to make him tick. So I really feel like Volkanovsky on a full camp, getting his mind back in the right place. We are going to see the best version of him, but will it be enough to overtake Ilya Topuria who's, in his prime right now and looks absolutely terrifying.
1: Oof. Yeah, I think that video kind of just, because how do you come back from that? If you were, if you were film, if you were, if he was doing all the stuff he was doing before the Islam fight and then the way he lost the Islam fight, how do you come back differently after you, even after you lost? Like it's worse than that you lost.
0: It is. But I feel like at least he knows that that wasn't the best version of him. Is that worse than getting head kicked, knocked out when you've had a four month camp and you feel like that was as good as it's gonna get for you? But or, now, what,
1: but now, but now, what motivates him?
0: That's very tough. That is a tough question. He did mention in that same interview with Olivi that he does think he could go back up eventually, not against Islam. He'd have to fight non-title fights first of course but he wasn't ruling that out i mean he is 35 years old i think for this fight in specific though toporia talking like he's gonna beat him and just kind of almost uh uh what's the word i'm looking for like not even acknowledging volkanovsky's greatness just kind of pushing it aside i think that'll fire and fire him up all on its own he's he's honestly disrespecting the whole division He's disrespecting max disrespecting arnold allen the
1: uh Mm -hmm. the the tough thing for volk is um and i've been waiting for this i'm going to kind of fast forward here because i want to hear it is you think Tapori is generational yeah bro he's a
0: he's a next generation fighter we've been on here for the last couple years talking about how these kids are growing up seeing Brock Lesnar, seeing Conor McGregor, seeing these big stars, fighters, seeing the glory and saying, I want that. And Elio Topuria, he's not 100% that. He started training when he was 15. But he is still, when I think of a next generation fighter, I think of Elio Topuria. He is extremely well-rounded, always shows up in shape. Yeah, can get you anywhere. He can finish you on the ground. He could finish you on the feet. You see absolutely no holes in his game. And I've a little example I want to show. So, when he fought Ryan Hall on the Dustin Poirier Conor McGregor card, um, the third fight a couple of years ago. A lot of people were really big on Ryan Hall going into that. He had run through I the Ultimate on, Fighter. I bet, I bet on Ryan Hall. I think he was a plus 200 dog in that fight. I, I think I did it as, I think I did too. He was imminari in rolling into everyone. No one really had an answer for his grappling, for his heel hooks. People thought he might do the same thing to Toporia. And I have a 45-second montage from that fight just to kind of show what happened when Ryan Hall tried to do those old tactics on Toporia. The idea behind it. There's diving. He's Topi, doing... who's one of the great minds in the sport. A strategy to handle. Like, look what he's doing here. 100%. The way he's diving, every roll type situation. But, I mean, it's actually But he's crazy. going for the six. look. I mean, he's so, it's like he's almost like, like, playing. Straight up assassin, right? And so, timing is so odd. Like, look at this. Like, he just falls down. Oh, there nice. it is. Nice hammer. Oh, big hammer fist by Copudio. There it is. Big shot. Oh, big he shot.
1: so obviously you hate watching ryan hall fight
0: (laughs) yeah so you see that nowadays and you're thinking bro what is ryan hall doing that would never work in a fight but if you go back and watch the old ufc days like when the gracie brothers were running shit nobody had an answer for that that was a foreign thing that nobody had seen but the game has evolved slowly but surely you saw it with um With the, what's the Gracie who fought against Jordan? He was doing the same thing, just kept trying to pull guard and had no answers for him. Like a few years ago, like a few months ago. Anyway, those one-dimensional, the one-trick ponies, that's a thing of the past now. Toporia is not that. He is elite everywhere. You saw it with Josh Emmett. He's mainly just a boxer wrestler. Two-trick pony, I guess you could say. That wasn't enough to take out Toporia. Bryce Mitchell elite grappler elite jujitsu had made a lot of people look very stupid on the ground Topuria bodied him on the ground and on the feet as well i almost i almost compare him to jackson storm in cars 3 i don't know if you've seen cars 3 but he's that new it's next hard, generation
1: that's my, favorite, that's my favorite pixar disney movie cars okay
0: So in the third one, Lightning McQueen, he's older in his career. Everyone knows he's the GOAT, like seven-time champ or something like that. But all these new cars are coming out. They just have new technology. They grew up on the simulator, training, learning all the ins and outs. Just, I don't know, you build off of the people that you learn from. So like in basketball, for example... The guys today are obviously more skilled than the guys in the 90s because they had the guys from the 90s to learn on. I think we're seeing that with Toporia right now. This is kind of long. So is Volk a guy from the 90s? That's the thing, dude. I think Volk's a hybrid of that because even in that Max trilogy, it looked like Volk was a new generation for Max. He was just a step more advanced, a step faster. So I believe that Volk isn't exactly like a 90s guy but he's not quite as advanced um in terms of like uh, uh that sounds weird he's not as new as toporia i guess you could say anyway i just had that on my mind wanted yeah. to throw that one out
1: there i'm gonna be exciting bro in um, these
0: next 10 years
1: we're gonna see kids with ridiculous skills that we can never even comprehend I agree. Um, this past weekend, we had Jack Hermanson versus Joe Pfeiffer. Jack Hermanson wins via unanimous decision. We were both big on Joe Pfeiffer. Um, turns out he just wasn't ready. Um, Jack Hermanson wins unanimous decision. Just Yeah. I just got to stop going out on limbs like that and saying I'm
0: really confident in a fighter because whenever I do, I think I just put a curse on him and they're not going to win no matter what happens unless his name's Sean O'Malley. But yeah, Pfeiffer started off well. First couple rounds, he was controlling the fight, landing the more damaging shots. But as time went on, Hermanson just started to find the rhythm. His leg kicks leg kicks started to affect Pfeiffer's movement a little bit. And Hermanson just was more of a veteran in there, more crafty. I knew that he did have the fight IQ advantage and probably the cardio, but I thought Pfeiffer was such a powerhouse that it just really wouldn't matter and Pfeiffer would be able to get him out of there in under two and a half rounds. So I was a big fat loser on that bet. Hermanson did call out Imavov after the fight, so I think that that's a solid matchup to make. May as well make it making the job easy on us. They're on similar timelines, just one. And then I can't lie, this one's a little lazy, but I said we could just have Joe Pfeiffer fight Roman Delizze. Yeah, that tournament. Why not? I mean, it's easy. They're on the same timetable, they're in similar spots in the rankings. I think it just makes sense. And then I was also wrong in the co-main event, Dan 50k Ige with a great knockout over Andre Touchy Field. He just sat down on a right hand and put him to sleep. He has that. Uh, yeah, man, Dan Ige. Just gets it done. I I, remember, I forget what your exact quote was when you predicted Ege on last week's show. Uh, you just said something like, "When you don't expect him to do it, he does it," and that is yeah. what he did here, bro. I was fully don't expecting like, him in this fight to go. You'll to have center. like a really
1: bad loss, and then you'll be like, ah, then you're off him, and then he comes back and he gets a crazy win. It's just like not a crazy win, but like a win you don't expect him to get, and it's just like he's he never goes away. Yep, kind of like your guy Michael Johnson.
0: Shut <laughs> up, Michael Johnson. Can,
1: Get back, let's get back to the blackjack table this summer baby let's go come on we'll see him there end of summer yeah we're there we're
0: international there. fight week um we're there uh Dan Ige called out Diego Lopes I know Lopes is booked against Sadiq on 300 but maybe Ige gets the winner of that I like it I like it I like it I think he called for the sphere in September hello Fighters wow. are already signing up for that one. <laughs> yeah, I know, think they were exactly. doing a 300, bro. Who, yeah. this fear? Yeah. Dana yeah. gets me fired up when he talks about this fear, bro. That was a funny fucker. Yeah. Speaking of Dana talking, there was a lot of people speculating that the UFC would drop the UFC 300 main event on Super Bowl Sunday. I myself did not believe this because...
1: So, yeah. so why did you not think... Are you, I know you're going to say, but like, why not?
0: Because it costs seven million dollars for a 30 second ad slot or ad slot on the Super Bowl and the UFC already has all of their fans chomping at the bit, checking Twitter 30 times a day for this news. So I don't think they really just want to throw seven million dollars down the drain when it's an announcement that they're already already gonna have all the eyes on.
1: yeah I am um, trying to pull it up here. I had something. Um, about that.
0: Yeah, it's not looking too promising right now, man. Dana was on the full send pod saying <laughs> as of now, they still do not have the main so event I, confirmed. So I had this, so
1: this. According to Ariel Hawani, the UFC's top j- choice for UFC 300 main event is Leon versus Hamzat. Other bouts in contention include DDP versus Izzy, DDP versus Hamzat, Edwards versus Bilal Muhammad. The current holdup is Hamzat's lack of ability to fight in the US. So what's looking like to me is Hamzat's they want Hamzat to main event 300 somehow some way whether it's for the welterweight belt or middleweight belt. He's just that guy, I guess. But yeah. um but that's what it's looking like. So I think Leon Edwards does end up headlining this. If it's versus Bilal, I don't know if that moves the needle for me. Um no. It's got to be DDP versus Izzy, bro. Yeah, I think the only thing holding that up is Izzy. I think if Izzy calls right now and says I'm ready, that, that's the fight to make
0: 100%. I wonder if they are both ready for that one, and that's just kind of the backup. And they're hoping that something crazier could happen. But you because, would want Izzy. Yeah, yeah, DDP Izzy probably is bigger than Hamza Leon. Yeah, I still, I'm still holding out hope that Dana and McGregor and Chandler and the UFC are doing a good old fashioned WWE style work. And they're just playing everyone. And they have the announcement all ready to go. But that's some shit that they would have done on the Super Bowl. If it was a, if it was a McGregor comeback, that would have been worth a seven mil. I yeah. still just want it to be that, bro. I feel like it has to be. Not that I'm saying I think it will be, but a guy can hope.
1: Yeah. Interesting, man. Interesting. Um, I know we got a couple of things for what the fuck of the week, so yeah we got a couple
0: solid ones and we didn't even have to do anything stupid this week someone else did so first off we'll go sean strickland first this one he didn't really do anything stupid to be fair so there's this streamer influencer guy named sneeko who from my understanding pretty much got in touch with strickland said he wanted to spar him he would pull up to the gym strickland said yes and here's the video
1: Yeah, Bob, you're still good. That's You didn't fall down, You didn't awesome. 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 fall down. That's oh, right, shots, man? bro, he just turns into a different animal like when that shit like he had no remorse and there was a
0: so that i cut the clip up so that was the third minute of the round and for the first three minutes he was just walking towards sneeko didn't throw one punch and he was just talking to him like a serial killer he's like right at the three minute mark this is gonna get really really bad for you you're probably starting to realize right now that you cannot touch me you can't hurt me nothing you do affects me in any way and you're about to feel a lot of pain, and that reality is setting in. And then right when right when it hits three minutes, he just starts going nuts. And that was actually Forrest Griffin that jumped in at the end and separated him. There's yeah, about yeah. three or four white towels that got thrown in. Yeah, I'm sure it's hard when you're just, when you're just like going nuts like that, like to stop for anything. And oh, he should have never gotten
1: that mind frame where he's just going nuts. Is what I'm
0: saying. Yeah, I mean, dude. You would know better than, I would know better than to spar with Sean Strickland, though, unless you want that to happen, because you know what's going to happen. Unless you're friends with him or something, and he agreed that he'll take it easy on you and teach you, I think you've got to assume that a guy with some screws loose like that is going to do that. I think Sneeko knew that that would probably happen. And to be fair for Sneeko, I haven't, I've seen some videos of him after talking about it, and he hasn't said one bad thing about Strickland. He said, he's a hard spar. I went in there, knew that was going to happen, and I mean, he got a shit ton of views from it. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, and then there was other there was other influencer. I think Jake Paul said he would pay Strickland a million, but then Strickland actually called up Hunter Campbell, asked him if he could do it, and Hunter Campbell said it's just not a possibility. So, yeah, Jake Paul just kind of throws that out there to all the UFC fighters knowing that they can't actually accept it and just tries yeah. to make it seems like they're the ones denying it. Yeah. Anyway, I agree. Here's a heavyweight. I know we're in Anaheim this weekend, so I've got to show something for the heavyweights. Here's John Jones at a comedy show. Pretty faded. White joke. Like uh, I want. I want to watch you Give me the
1: well, best. Joe, I'll, do, white I'll joke. do a
0: rebuttal. To it's been so I want my friends to give me a <laughs> <the laughs> rebuttal. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, give hey. it to him. Give it to
1: him for a good <laughs> black joke.
0: Huh? <laughs> I was saying, guys, give it to him for a good black joke. Give it to yes, everybody give it to me right now. Uh, so wait. How First did you all, stumble how did you actually stumble upon this place? Are you like well, just blackout drunk? Well well my my Kiwi over here it just it just was just the resource of everything that is awesome. Are you sure this is alcohol or is it? <laughs> are, are we, you know, are we,
1: is this what you do for a good time? No, honestly, I'm trying to find the amusement in it, and you guys have been awesome. Oh, off, oh, awesome. oh, <laughs> fun so off.
0: I just want to see the guy fight, man. I mean. You want to see him get better, you really do. And it's not like we don't go out and get drunk and act like fools sometimes. But I mean, to get to that level in a public setting when you're the heavyweight champ of the world, and you know there's cameras on you everywhere you go, yeah. I don't. Know, you just gotta smarten up about it eventually.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's tough man, tough, tough. Yeah. What a week, though. What a weekend. When are we can start, we'll be back on Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday.
0: Up, oh, whichever one works best for you. Um, me, hey, I'm down for back either back on one. Wednesday. All right, let's go back on Wednesday. You'll be in the quarterfinals of your playoff bracket. Hopefully, let's go Definitely North Friday. Stars. We the North, moving all the way to the Central Valley Section Championships, and then maybe California after that. Uh, any Super Bowl yes, analysis go before we all. get out of here? Gotta go one now. Got a quick word on it,
1: Patty. Patty is MJ.
0: Whoa, MJ. MJ. So Tom's
1: Bill Russell. <laughs> I no. <Nah. laughs> Patty's yeah. Tom's Tom's MJ. Patty's maybe Kobe, but I think Patty's really like Michael Jordan, bro.
0: Patty's like LeBron, but with some, with a better finals record. I not think he's Colton. Michael Jordan, bro. <laughs> I think Tom Brady's
1: Tom. I think Tom Brady is Tom Brady. I think Patty's Michael okay. Jordan. Okay, he does have that that aura, bro. Where you just know he's not gonna
0: lose, man. Yeah, I, yeah no doubt. Oh, I was watching that with my cousin, who's a diehard Niners fan. So I was rooting for the Niners as well, and we just both knew he was he was pretty sad halfway through the fourth quarter because you could just kind of feel what was gonna happen. And right when the Niners got a field goal, right when they brought out the kicking unit, you knew that the Chiefs were gonna go score a touchdown. I wish San Francisco would have gone for it on fourth down. Obviously, hindsight's 20-20, but when you got Mahomes on the other side of the ball and your defense had been kind of reeling later in the game, they played great in the first half, but it just kind of cracked eventually. Yeah. All right, then we'll be back here on Wednesday. Maybe, Maybe we'll hit you all with a live show on Saturday on the Instagram from the Honda Center if ticket prices go down enough, too. All right. Till next week.
1: Doses.